Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. I think a lot about what people do for fun, uh, because as someone who is just generally a homebody, sometimes the concept of going out and just doing something is like its own little adventure in and of itself. And something that I think along those lines, it's very simple stuff like bowling. Like to me, bowling is like, all right, I got like, that's the thing I do this weekend. That is my social energy is bowling. Right. Which means bowling really has to knock it out of the park to be worth it. Right. And I would argue that normal bowling is not worth it. Mm -hmm. However, cosmic bowling. I knew you were going to say cosmic bowling. I don't know if that's something that we understand and other people don't understand, though. So what I learned is it is a thing that they had in Michigan, and I think it's also a thing they have here in Virginia. So if it's in those two places, I have to imagine it's a national thing. It's just just a thing. So if you're unfamiliar with the concept, let me break it down for you. Uh, It usually happens on weekends, specifically weekend nights, at about like 6 or 7 p.m. The bowling alley will turn the normal lights to ultraviolet lights to black lights. And there will be like disco balls spinning. They'll play more like almost like club music to a point. And it's kind of like a just like a disco style bowling event. And... They would usually charge, like, less for lanes. It was more like event pricing rather than individual lanes. And it was the premier way to bowl. So much so that um, the first time that I went bowling and it wasn't cosmic bowling, I thought something was wrong. I just thought that cosmic bowling was default bowling. So when it was normal bowling, I was disappointed, to say the least. Bro, I've... Had two bowling birthday parties. Okay. And I've been my. What's better than bowling birthday parties is roller skating bully. Roller uh, skating, yeah. Roller skating is not fun. I think if it's just like two or three people, you need a like four plus you need a to good make that party. fun. But you that's can, way more fun than bowling because there's no waiting. You just yeah. Go. Because with bowling, you have like 45 seconds to talk to the one person you're trying to talk to. And then both of you get taken away by separate entities. And then you're just separated again. And it's that for the whole night. Yeah. Also, and can you do it? Uh, you know I, I have beef with both these places. Because they both have the trashiest food. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Because I cannot imagine ordering like... $8 nachos from a, you know, from a greasy teenager at a bowling alley. I'll order food from greasy teenagers at a lot of places, but the bowling alley and roller skate rink is just like a, I don't know. It seems like a COVID haven. What's interesting to me is bowling alley, roller skating food, and movie theater food are all very similar to me. Yeah, that's like The fair. nachos, the pretzels, the candy... The hot dogs, it's all the same. Except movies just have a leg up because they have bomb popcorn. Yeah, and they have a little bit better presentation. Because you go to a bowling alley or a roller skating rink, it's like, here's all this carpet that we vacuum and that's it. (laughs) Yes. The grease stains from this frozen pizza we're giving you 
is going to get everywhere. It's going to stain the carpet permanently, but we'll vacuum it up. Yeah, it's going to stain the table. It's going to sit there for 45 minutes until after you've left. And then we're going to take a dirty rag that we haven't replaced in seven and a half years and wipe it down with it. The color is changed on the table forever. And that's the business we run. Thank you for your $17. Yeah, dude. It's It doesn't make sense. And to be honest, I don't... Are they making that much money that they can stay open? I don't think so. I mean, I would have to imagine it's enough to stay open, but you also have to remember a a lot of places do events. They're probably surviving on the events because in elementary school, we had roller skate nights every like quarter, every marking period. And and it was like three bucks to get in or something like that. Um, But when it comes to roller skating and bowling, you, I, I feel like it's normal to do those things throughout high school. And then and you, even middle school, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Just until you graduate high school, it is just a normal thing to suggest to do. And then you graduate, you go to college. It's not really a thing you even think about for a while because you have more interesting things to do. And then in your early 20s, you are given a choice. You are either going to become a bowling guy or never go to a bowling alley again until you have kids of your own. Right. Then the thing is, the people who are bowling guys bring their own shoes, bring their own ball that's been custom fit to their hand, and they go often. And the, every bowling guy I've ever met is great at the game. So, Andrew was a bowling guy for a little bit. I think he was a bowling guy twice. Uh, once was in, like, high school And, you know, high school hobbies, that's a coin flip just to begin with. But then, you know, he did it again recently and it stuck a lot better. So I'm just like thinking about Andrew the entire time we're talking about this. Like, hey, Andrew, next time you're there, get some $8 nachos and report back to us. Yeah. See if it's gotten any better. Probably not, though. Do you want to talk about the movie? Yeah, it is a childhood favorite. We should probably talk about it. Spy Kids 2, I think is the only Spy Kids I haven't seen all the way through of the original trilogy. So I, I'm glad that we sat down and watched this. Obviously spoilers, I think. Um, it's 22 years old. So it's 20 years old. It's tw- okay, whatever. Cl- cl- 22, 20, whatever. If you don't want to hear us talk about this, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 30 minutes, 36 seconds. Bro, okay, so this movie was one of the first movies I ever owned. That was my movie. Because a lot of times when you're younger, you have to share movies with siblings. But I got this movie in, like, second grade. And this was my movie. I think mine was Madagascar. Yeah. And it's this one came with bonus features. And I watched it. And I watched this movie all the time. To the point where I haven't seen this movie in, like, 15 years. Yeah, around 15 years. And I still have it memorized, which is like trauma level memory. (laughs) It is crazy. I knew that there was like a post credit scene and I knew what would happen in the post credit scene. I knew what the lines were. I knew, oh, this person's about to say this line. And they did, bro. It was crazy how much I remembered. And guess what? Also, I was so dumb that I thought I know that every other movie when there's a two at the end. It means it came after something. I thought for this movie and only this movie, two means it's better than the other one. Like upgraded. Okay. So it's like, oh, that one was a one. This one's a two. 
So imagine my disappointment when I watched three and it was worse than two. Okay. My brain just couldn't comprehend what numbers in movies we're doing together see spy kids 3 is my personal favorite of the three but i think it really just comes down to which one you saw first right also the cool thing about spy kids is you really don't need to see the movies previous yeah so they, i watched this movie as a standalone i watched this movie before i watched one and three yeah there's like one character that would have been nice to know beforehand but he's only in there for one scene so it doesn't matter yeah, and it's he's not super important. He doesn't give critical information. And also, as a kid, you can rationalize all this away. Yeah. None of it has to make sense. Um, Star-studded cast, right? We got oh, yeah, Steve dude. Buscemi, Ar- Antonio Banderas, Carla Giugino, never know how to say her name, uh, Danny Trejo, and Emily Osment, and Alan Cumming. Like, they're... There's people in this movie. Cheech from Cheech and Chong. Uh, directed it's- by Robert Rodriguez, who, aside from, you know, the Spy Kids trilogy, he's directed Star Wars recently. He directed three episodes of Book of Boba Fett and some Mandalorian stuff. So, like, dude gets around. Yeah, dude. He is proficient, to say the least. Now, all this to say, this movie's not good. However, okay, but here's the thing. This movie is not bad. Okay. The thing that I will say about this movie is this movie is not good, but as soon as you accept that fact, it's not bad. Well, my problem is this movie would be better if it was made now because it's seriously limited by the technology of the time. Like the sci-fi and the visual effects is it's so evident that animation right next to um, live action was is, relatively brand new, new and yeah. yeah they're still trying to get their hands around it and this was a big budget movie um and they just hadn't figured it out yet i will say though something that you know was in this movie's wheelhouse and something that it could have done with not this one but the whole franchise as a problem uh daryl's daryl sabera is the reason why you get worried about child actors yes Yes, he is. Because you want to cut him some slack because he's a kid, but it can only cover so much. But the thing is, as a kid, you don't see it. It's not there. He seems like a normal kid because kids are just weird. And he does have some charm. He does have some charisma. It's just I his line delivery ruins every scene he's in. His physical performance is fine. His general attitude and like it aura that he brings is perfect. He's an awkward kid. It's just that as soon as he opens his mouth, he sounds like an alien reading words for the first time. And I loved it. And I didn't even notice. Also, he must have had enough star power because he married Megan Trainer, Which is wild. Married Megan Trainer. And now they have a child together. And then, obviously, Alexa Pina Vega married to Carlos Pina Vega from Big Time Rush. This they is do, my first crush. They do a lot of acting projects together now, Alexa and Carlos. Like, they do a lot of, like, Hallmark made-for-TV movie stuff together, which is, it's kind of cute, you know, being starring alongside your partner in, like, partner-based TV and movies. That's cute. I like that. Yeah, and she did, like, guest spots on, like, TV shows and... Yeah, just like stuff. She did the Bounty Killer. She did um, the Mentalist. She was in Sin City. Like she's that's done what stuff. I was gonna mention. Robert Rodriguez directed both Sin City movies. Yeah, man. 
I'm like, I knew I was missing something big. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez directed both Sin City movies. And I'm like, how do you juggle both of these? Which I think is a clear, you know, again, we go back to this movie is limited by the, probably more the budget than the technology. Because you look at Sin City, which is like literally all computer effects. Right. And it, even if you haven't seen the movie, which I haven't, you seen cl- you look at clips from it, it's like, oh, this is stylized and it looks good and it's 15 years old. Um, but I think a great thing about this movie is it was written for kids. Yes, They're, 100%. These are, this is what all kids want. So, like, yeah, as an adult, you're like, okay, that's weird. But when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, dude, that's cool. Dude, do you know how dumb I was as a kid? When Junie's wanting to eat a granola bar throughout the entire movie, and they ends up giving one to the spider monkey, I'm like, man, I want to buy granola bars. <laughs> this, There must be something about them, bro. Now I want one. And that was now a celebrity food to me. Like, <laughs> oh, it's in the movies? I want one. It was crazy, dude. And, like, the treehouse is the coolest thing I wanted to... Sh- dude, this thing, this movie shaped what I wanted out of a, out of being a kid. It made me think, oh, adults don't know what they're talking about. I want access to the cool stuff. And even like the adult centric stuff was cool. Like the OSS building was cool. The fact the that huge office yeah, was awesome. Um, I think a lot about Emily Osment's uh, ponytail helicopter, like Tails from Sonic. Dude, it's fire. And then like the badges. Adults don't care about badges. I have a badge for work. This makes the badges seem so cool. Like, I'm a level one. Step aside, Secret Service. I want to talk yeah. to the president. This makes the president seem like he's involved in everything. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you just finished the mission. The president's going to show up. And, of course, he's going to bring his daughter. Like, it was wild. It made Secret Service look awesome. It made everything look so cool. Kids were flying helicopters. There's that scene when uh, uh, Junie and Carmen fall into the island and they're like is this magic and steve buscemi is like not magic science like that is like the that is the quintessential line for a kids movie you get lines like that in any science-based kids movie where there's like is that magic no it's just science and it explains everything they're like okay that's fine they just throw words together and it's like that makes sense and as a kid you're like oh yeah it totally makes sense dude the whole like amusement park like the juggler yeah i'm like that is so cool man (laughs) i wanted to ride that ride immediately and then like the the whiplash one like the yo-yo ride looked crazy everything about this movie was awesome and one thing that was super stylized and would get old fast for like adults but like the sound effects in this game and in this movie yeah were amazing like every punch seemed like it was thrown by a mma like level athlete and they were hitting a body <laughs> and like then, it was crazy. And then they would use those rubber bands that Danny Trejo gave them. And whenever right. they would snap them, it made like an Indiana Jones whip crack. Dude. I loved it. That happened every time they slapped somebody in the face. Every time there was a rope, it was just that same like whip sound over and over again. And I'm like, I love this. And, and I'm a sucker for cheesy gadgets. And this movie has that in spades. There, There's a scene with Danny Trejo just like showing them all the gadgets and all the fun stuff that they get to do with them. So like that, that's, per- that's perfect. It's cheesy and it's amazing. 
Dude, the the Firefly subs that also make you food. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And I'm like, that's what I'm... Dude, as a kid, I'm like, that is so cool. Then you have the rebreathers. Are you breathing underwater with the glow sticks? And then, like, you have the suits. Dude, everything about this was so stinking cool as a kid that I went out and bought spy gear and put it on my birthday list. Oh, yeah. So I had, like, a watch with a magnifying glass and an alarm. And I had, like secret ink that um that you needed like a special uv light to read i had walkie talkies like this was my movie and it inspired who i wanted to be as i grew up i think that is giving me so much like nostalgic whiplash for those spy commercials that you would get on cartoon network all the time i the one that comes to mind specifically is for an RC car with a camera mounted to it. Yeah, man. So, like, the idea, the, the thing they show in the commercial is, like, drive it into your sister's room and spy on your sister. And she would, like, look at the car and, like, freak out. And I'm like, first of all, that's, RC cars are loud. You are not going to get away with anything. It was just, it, dude, it was just so It's all just gimmick cool. stuff. Also, Ralph in this movie is amazing. It was that gadget, little bug, spy. Yeah. It was so cool, bro. It was so cool. Everything everything they had, I'm like, this is exactly what I want in life. This is exactly what I want. Any kind of technology that you could talk to casually and it would respond to you like a normal thing is cool. And so, like, Ralph was like, AI pretty much like hey Ralph go do this thing I don't need to be specific because you know what I'm talking about right and then the jet boots were wild every kid in this movie can do a backflip it was amazing I and will I say loved it. I will say the one line that like in terms of writing was kind of like I feel like you're missing a better opportunity is uh the Cortezes are feuding with the Giggles the entire movie about, like, who has the better gadgets. And Gary is like, a spy is only as good as their gadgets. And then Carmen says in return, a spy is only as good as their gadgets. And I'm like, I feel like that's the opposite lesson we should be learning. I feel like we should be learning that a spy should be a spy with or without their... Like, yeah, the gadgets are cool and fun, but that's... That's not a testament to your spiness. But that's what that's the irony because when they get to the island, they lose all their gadgets. But she just says the, it again after they get their gadgets back. Yeah, but it's just like it's also the cool thing that kids' movies can do is they can just say stuff and kids are like, oh, that's fine. And then adults are like, Yeah, that's not right. And that's it's just for the parents. Like there's a suplex sex joke. Like, yeah. do the movie we did last night. And everyone looks at him like, suplex. Yeah, so it's the, just like it's just that kind of stuff. The fight scenes in this movie are pretty cringe, but you know it's, that's they're funny, bro. It's fire, I, dude. This movie is just like almost entirely nostalgia for me. Sure, because I yeah. it's it is the defining thing of my childhood, and I wouldn't even say it's it's not a great movie. I'm not watching this. Uh, that's a lie. I'm gonna watch this again later. Um, after we're done recording, after we're done recording it, I watched it last night and watching it tonight. It's just like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's everything I wanted in a movie when I was nine. And I'm sure that if we were to watch spy kids three, I would feel very similarly because not only did it have gadgets, it was based in a video game. So like that, that one spoke to me personally. 
Right. By Kids 3, you have, like, Elijah Wood being on screen for, like, 90 seconds and then getting killed off immediately, watching his lives drain from 99 to zero. Oh, yeah. And then there's that big cameo, just kind of, like, big cameo fest at the end with, like, George Clooney and Danny Trejo and just, like, a bunch of celebrities you didn't know as a kid, but you go back and you look at it and you're like, why are all of the – how many favors did – did Robert Rodriguez have and and he called them all in for this one scene yeah dude it's just like what a bomb franchise it's so good and it's so early 2000s it's ridiculous yeah like it's hard to rationalize it and I think it's gonna be one of those things that I show my kids and they're like you love this movie and I'm like you don't you don't get it because it's it doesn't age well at all no it's not just at all. like it's, it's subpar kids will can see the difference now because it it, movies have evolved past it. And I think if you don't didn't watch this movie when it came out, you're probably not going to watch it again. And the thing about spike, it's three is that movie was also like the shark boy and lava girl. Yes. They were both like 3d. They had, you had the option to buy them, take them home and watch them in 3d. And I'm like, I don't know, man. So spike, it's three was the movie that I learned that I couldn't watch 3D because of the whole only having one eye thing. Because they came with these, like, garbage cardboard 3D glasses. Garbage. With, like, the almost opaque red and blue lenses in the glasses. And... I, I put them on like, oh, I'm ready to watch Spy Kids in 3D. I put them on. It's like, why is this movie red? <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Let me and- tell you, it was... I spent the entire time watching it in 3D effect with no glasses on because it was so bad. I'm like, this is not worth it. And then I tried like folding the glasses so that way it was like purple. That didn't work either. Yeah. Another dumb thing was like these early movies didn't film the whole thing in 3D. So it'd be like glasses on, glasses off, glasses on. I'm like, this is dumb. But then when they did start filming them in 3D, they would go out of their way to make 3D points in the movie where they would like uncap their pen and then gesture it towards the camera. Right. Or there'd be like an explosion or squirt guns. It was a sprinklers. It was just dumb. And you know what? This era of movies, these kids movies might just, we might just want to stick to animation because this level stuff is fun only for nostalgia value. Well, you are aware of the Robert Rodriguez movie that came out in 2020, correct? Right. And they're rebooting the series. There's the, more of them coming out. Yeah. So he made a movie in 2020, Netflix original, called We Can Be Heroes, which is like kind of a Shark Boy and Lava Girl spinoff. Because I think Shark I, Lava Girl is in it and Shark Boy is also in it, but they don't have Taylor Lautner, so of he just has a so he just has a shark head. Um, <laughs> what the heck? I know I didn't watch it. This is just what I've <laughs> seen through the zeitgeist. Uh, and then yeah, like a week before we recorded this, Netflix announced that they are rebooting the Spy Kids franchise, and I'm like, hey, if you want to put Adam Project money towards Spy Kids, it can be it, it'll be better. But if you're gonna put Spy Kids money towards Spy Kids, maybe don't bother. Bro, it's the more we've been talking about it, the less thrilled I am about everything. <laughs> just it's like just in like general. It's just it was not great when it came out. It didn't. No. It was. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't a huge box office success. So why are we rebooting it? 
it wasn't that good to begin with. Let's reboot the cool stuff like Zathura. I I, I would say that it's. Pro- I think it's worth rebooting the bad stuff to give them an opportunity to be good again. Because the thing when you reboot good stuff, like the only thing it can be is good. I just want more of the good stuff. You know, like let's pick up where we left off. Let's make more of it. So less of a reboot, more of like a, a distant sequel. And how do you feel about Jumanji again? Didn't even watch it. All right. <laughs> didn't even watch it. But let me be honest with you, bro. There was no original characters. I didn't even watch it. And I know there's no original characters. I want I want it to pick up where it left off. I don't want it to be like, here's the same premise just now. I want it to be like, we got the same people who played the board game Jumanji earlier. And we got them to come back. And now their kids are doing... That's what I want, bro. I okay. like it when they brought Blue's Clues and they got the new uh guy in it and they brought joe in be like let's show him how it's done and i'm like that's what i'm talking about bring because then it's continuity what i don't want is just complete recast in the same ip in the same premise that's dumb okay but to be honest like okay so are we doing spoilers for this yeah okay you want to hop into them or are you kidding i said i i opened with saying we're doing all spoilers because it's 22 years old and you're like oh actually it's 20 do you not remember that part of the conversation i was so caught off guard but you got the number wrong that i forgot what by you not said. that much let's be clear well first of all you can't start off by being more specific and it's just and you would have benefited from being broad okay let's get into the good stuff this movie is praised by being super existential it's not it's not he has it's the one, one line. line it's one line that got turned into a meme this movie is not that existential it's really not he faces his fears kind of and the animals that he created, creatures he created, don't now, kill him. Yeah, seem to co <coughs> seem to coexist. It's it's a it's whatever, bro. And to be honest, I don't like how there's three different things going on now. There's the spy kids going on. There's the spy parents going on, and now there's Steve Buscemi going on, and they're all interlinked. I don't like that. There's too much. And although, like, it. Do you know what? To be honest. As a kid, I had no idea what this movie was about. <laughs> like the transmuger device, I'm like, I don't know what that thing does. I know it's important, and I don't know how it's going to end the world. I don't know any of that stuff. And to be honest, watching it as an adult, I still don't know how that thing would have ended the world. I have no idea. It's yeah. not a bomb. And I think that's kind of the joke. Is like The joke, we're calling it the transmuger because the name means nothing. Because the device is nothing. We could have yeah. just called this the plot device. Well, the weird thing is it turns off radar and it turns off satellites and it, it and affects there's like a technology. Yeah. yeah. But when they remove it, an earthquake starts. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little confused. Um, Dude, that bit when they're falling down the volcano for hours. Yeah. Was an amazing joke when I was younger. And even now I'm like. That's a pretty good idea. They had a lot of good ideas, just like, just didn't pay off. Yeah. And it, it was just bits for bits sake. And it's the fact that they don't transition. I, I think that maybe that scene was just like weirdly paced. Cause I think they, they go from them falling and then they cut to them falling for hours. Like there's no scene in between them to like justify the passage of time. And also without the di- them telling you how long we've been falling. Three hours feels like four. And I'm like, oh boy, we've been doing this. Yeah. So, and there's also like they, the fact that they could see where they fell from when they get to the bottom, it's like, it's confusing. 
like you guys are smart enough to not to understand that you're not actually moving, right? Right, because you're looking down at lava. I, I don't know. They just say it's an illusion. They're like, "How?" He's like, "It's an illusion." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, we get it. It's an illusion." A magician never explains his freaking secrets or whatever. And also, this guy Steve Buscemi's idea in general was destined for chaos, right? right kind dude. of like a Jurassic Park theme. Because he's like, I want to give kids zoos in their own bedrooms. Like, I want to give them pets that can fit in their pockets. And I'm like, hey, bud, how did you expect this to not go wrong? Yo, also, a couple of things would have been cool in your pocket. Like the spider monkey, kind of cool. The slizzard, which I just now realized is a snake and a lizard. When I was younger, I'm like, oh, that's just a dinosaur. And hey, guess what? Do you know what snakes are? Kind of lizardy already. See, that wasn't a strong defense. What I'm saying is, like, the joke would be, the joke was bullfrog, catfish, spider yeah. monkey. Slizzard is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> they just wanted something scary because Gary's a scary kid. And I hate his hair, by the way. God, so it's, he, it's been annoying. He looked too much like Ryan from High School Musical to not be Ryan from High School Musical. He's a freaking goober, dude. And <laughs> <laughs> him obnoxious. and Emily Osmond spend so much of this movie with just junk in their hair. <laughs> in, in their it's, teeth. It's gross. I, dude, Emily Osmond was cool, though. No, yeah, she's good. She, is she like, was cool. Gary sucked. Yeah. Like, so Emily Osment had a bit of an attitude and, you know, wasn't, was not a great kid in general. But as far as, like, acting and, like, character writing goes, like, she is the strongest of the four of them. Right. Dude, I don't know. This movie just slaps for nostalgia value. If you haven't seen it, don't. But if you haven't watched it in a while, 100% revisit it. Totally worth your time. Yeah, this is a strong old five and a half. This is a strong seven for me. That's that's fair. That's valid. It's a seven for nostalgia value. It's not a fair seven, but it's a seven to me. And that's all I got. That's Spike Kids 2, dude. Came out in 2002. That's What's it. the improv segment? The improv segment is called The Intern, bro. And here's how it works. It's brand new because, you know, I come with that fresh flavor and... Here's how it works. You and I are going into a situation that we've never experienced before. We're interns. Or you'll be an intern and I'll break down for you how it works. But the thing is, is you're going into a restaurant thinking you know how a restaurant works. But you picked the most weird and obscure restaurant in the planet. And you don't pay with money. You pay with something else. And you don't make food. The food's already there and it manifests itself. Or the uniform's different. Complete, like The whole system's different. And it's like that for every job we do. Whether that's being a firefighter, a cop. A teacher, we're going to introduce you to a situation that you think you know how it works, except you pick the one job that is a completely different system. And I'll let you pick the job, but you ha- you have to be the intern. Okay. If I goof this, just like based on premise. You, sure. You, just I'm just, like, you're oh. just pretend you're, it's your first day in the job and you're like, okay, I'll figure I it out. I think I know what I'm doing, but I end up not knowing what I'm doing. Yeah, that's okay. pretty much it. Um, so I think it's going to be my first day as a crossing guard. Love it. I can make that work. Okay. Hey, uh, what's your name? New guy? Uh, oh, my name is Carl. Hey, Carl. Uh, my name's Jared. And you're new here. So Did I'm you gonna put show on a deeper voice block. to try to impress me? First of all, 
what was it? Carl? Carl was it? Yeah. Like I said, my name's Jared. Let's not, let's t- let me tell you, break it down for you like this, Carl. We're law enforcement and we take our jobs seriously around here. So this tomfoolery, this joking sarcasm that you're starting off with, it's not going to fly here. And that I'll guy over there is actively smoking weed. And you yes. say we take our job seriously? First of all, you don't know that's weed. I can smell it. First, second of all, how do you know what weed smells like? I don't think you're qualified for this job. This job has a background check. We're around. Regardless, focus. As you can see, I've outfitted you with a pistol. Um, It's got can- live rounds. Don't kill anybody. Okay. Um, Can I ask why that? Mm, I don't know if that's necessary. As I said, we're law enforcement. Our job is the most important. We protect people. We let them cross the street when we say they cross the street. We let cars cross the street when we say they cross the street. Only be- Nothing runs without us. I would just like to say real quick, we enforce a law. I don't know if we are you know, laws in general enforcement. Did I say laws enforcement? No, it's law enforcement. Are you dumb? I'm starting to think I might be. Private. You Didn't will know we refer were doing to me as sergeant. Okay. You're going to look at me when I'm speaking to you. You're not going to speak until you're spoken to. You hear me? I also feel like this is your first day in power and maybe you first don't quite all, know what you're doing. law enforcement. I'm here to enforce... The law. I feel and like here's one how this, person told you that as kind of like a scapegoat phrase. Here, private. Hey, shut up, private. You work for me now. Now, here's how the job works. When you see a car, you stop them. You search it. All of them? <laughs> All of them. You see a person trying to cross Sir, the street. Sir, this is a stoplight in downtown Manhattan. Th- that's going to take a while. Yeah, now you know why a job's so important. There's a lot of cars. You is that why person, traffic is so bad? If you see a person, stop them. Search them. If either one of these things... If you find anything, I'm talking firearms, alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, any other substances that you're unsure. Yeah, it's even legal ones? Well, you bring it to me. I'm your superior. We'll break it down. But we're stopping and searching everybody. And if How? if they've passed the search and we get detailed, then we give them a number. It'll tell them their appointment to cross the street. And they'll have to leave, come back where they came from, and come back only at their appointed place and time. But you have what any questions they, so far? Yeah, what if they have to cross another crossing to get back to where they were going? I'm just saying not everybody does it like we do it. We take our job seriously. If you want to go work for those lackluster freaking nobodies, those amateurs who are just letting anybody cross. I think I might. I think but, I might want to go work oh, for Oh, you them. can't hack it, huh, Private? I you guess not. Let me tell you something. We make the best of the best over here. No one is elite like we're elite. Over there, they don't even give you a weapon. What are you going to do if someone tries to run you over? What happens if someone jaywalks? Hey, real quick. Do you expect me to shoot someone if they're trying to run me over? You're right, Private. You're right. That's why you have five weeks of firearms training coming up. I hope you've cleared your weekends. And are you going to be doing this firearm training? I am the most important person in your life right now. You don't eat. You don't sleep without me. As you know, I have relocated all your essential belongings to my apartment. We are now roommates, Private. Are you okay? You seem to be having, I'm going to say, a few troubles right now. I'm interested in why you signed up for one of the most prestigious jobs in the city. 
and you had no idea what you were getting yourself into, Private. This was paying nine fifty on Indeed. I was just kind of trying to get by. Oh, man. you think you're getting nine fifty, huh? Yeah, I would well, hope you so. You just learned that rent is due every day, and let me tell you, you ain't keeping nine fifty. Uh, I'll provide you with a meal. I'll provide you with the house. I will provide you with transportation. You ain't keeping that money unless I deem you worthy, Private. You got any questions? I have so many questions. Let Are me you tell get- you. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, see if you studied correctly. Okay. Okay. What is your uniform? So do you like, are you going to sublease my apartment I for me? I am asking you a question, probably. You better answer me in the next couple seconds. What okay. is your uniform? But if you're going to like What is your uniform, food, probably? Like, you better answer me. Put... I swear to God, I will kneecap you uh, in front of the public. I, I don't know. A neon, what a neon is vest? your uniform, is it a neon Cox vest? Gun? Well, that was a character I've never done before, and boy, oh boy, was that fun. <laughs> that was so much fun. I didn't even know the scene ended. I was in like genuine hysteria. <laughs> I had to cock gun, dude. I had to cock the gun. Oh, for all of our newcoming uh, audience members, fans of the podcast, I don't know if we've broken this down in a year or so. Whenever <laughs> someone cocks a gun in a scene, scene's over. Yeah. It's the and scene of our improv segment. Fortunately, we've never had a character genuinely cock a gun in a scene and have the scene still need to continue. So <laughs> that's that, I feel like that's going to be, you know, the the devil in sheep's clothing when it comes around, but it hasn't happened yet. Well, it's forced me to go straight to shooting without cocking the gun. <laughs> if I want the, if I want it to continue. But I figured that scene was it was climaxing. Okay. Let's move on to our middle segment. Let's do it. What you got for me? So this is also a new one. Uh, it's called Stand Your Ground. And the way this works is there is a piece of media that you love that I watched and I liked it. Didn't love it. So I'm going to come to you with problems that I had with this piece of media and you need to stand your ground. Okay. I want to know what the media is. And I want to guess what you're going to do um, or what, what it was. So was here's, it here's, how, here's how I have this uh, planned out so far. I have sure. seven points that you are going to need to justify. Sweet. All right. And I only want to give you one concession. So of oh, these seven first points, of all, you have if to I fight. Love this, whatever, if I love this thing, you're going to concess more than that. You're um, going to, bro. No, what I'm saying is, like, you are only allowed to concede on one of my points. Oh, so, okay. Well, that's so not going to happen. Of my seven points, you can only be like, okay, I know where you're coming from once. All right. And that's the thing fine. is, I'm not, I'm not looking to Wait, start an argument. Wait, is there a difference argument. between I know where you're coming from and you're right? Because I might know where you're coming from and you might just be wrong. I think you're here's, – here's the thing. I'm not trying to start an argument here. I'm giving you a statement that simply you must justify. Okay. I might offer a little bit more context or maybe a bit of a follow-up, but I don't intend this to be like a full argument or discussion. Bro, I was coming locked and loaded, so – so I guess I'll, we'll step down. We're Sounds gonna good talk, to me. So we're going to talk about season one of The Morning Show, Love which, it. as Alex has discussed before, is in your top three shows of all time, right? Of all time, dude. So I watched all 10 episodes of the first season in like three or four days, and it's good, but I got my problems with it. Number okay. one, all the episodes are like an hour long. That was too much. Oh, does someone have to schedule their time around a show? 
dude, get over it. It's dude, what? What? Okay. Craig, I feel like dude, com- what is not a great justification, no, but okay. Dude, what is? Let me compose myself because I was about to start speaking reckless. What you need to understand is the morning show is a ten-hour movie that they broke into ten parts. It's not a show. It's a saga. And I fig- I thought if it was in my top three, you would have known that. Now, let me tell you something. I've had to pause the show to gather my emotions. Okay. To say what just happened. Holy smokes, is this really happening? I don't watch it straight through because there are moments where you need to figure out where you're coming from. And I didn't ha- I've never had a, a period where I felt like this episode was going long. I always felt like... They're, they're trying to cover so much. And I, I would always rather a TV show being like, we have a lot to fit in a short amount of time, then we need to start stretching what we have because it's not going to fit 10 episodes. So that's my defense of that. I had I had no problem. I didn't even know that was a problem. Um, so, I also no do want to say that. before we move on, uh, this is not really a spoilery conversation. I think if you haven't watched it yet, you, should, you, you don't need to worry about spoilers. Um, the second thing that I need to say is uh, I found the setting to be kind of uh, low stakes. Like there's um, every, there, there were a sequ- there were several sequences. Where Is this they would, your like, second point? Of yes. Your seven? Okay. Yeah. As I don't care about the setting because every time they would cut to like them on the air, most of the time they're doing like a fluff piece or like, yeah. you know, you look at like the today show. It's like, we're doing cooking with Maria. And then they cut the cameras and everyone is at each other's throats. And I'm like, Whoa guys, I feel like you guys are forgetting that it's a morning show. That's a, that's an issue you have. Yeah. It's just like, it felt like everybody was acting like the stakes were much higher than they actually were. I think it's just because people are getting paid millions of dollars. So if someone's not getting their screen time, it means they might not get hired again because they might not be deemed important to the show. And you can't get onto another show if people don't recognize you. So if you don't get your screen time, this is it. And you don't know when this, you might just be done after this, this year. So I think everyone's just like, hey, the stakes are high because we're one of three morning shows and we're the show. And if you don't get your screen time or you don't get your time, or you're not important, you might not get rehired for millions of dollars, and you might not be able to get your own show. So I think a lot, also, this is in, for all intents and purposes, Hollywood. So these people are already ego inflated that they think they have something special to offer to the world, and there's something about them that makes them special, and they're the only ones capable of doing that. So I think when you keep in mind that like, oh, these are just not normal humans. They're not supposed to act normally. They have inflated egos. They, they believe they're better. I, I think it makes sense. Okay. Point number three. I, I've kind of uh, combined two of my points, but um, almost every episode has an entire song, like a full three and a half song where everyone's just kind of silently acting to themselves. And I found that got very boring, very quick, every episode. Okay. I think this might be one of the concessions because I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, there were just some, there were several episodes where a song would be playing and like Mitch would be taking a drink, looking at the TV, and then Corey is just like in a dark room looking at his phone, and Chip is just walking down the street in New York. And I'm like, yeah, it feels like you had, it feels like you were missing three minutes in your script and needed to make a 55 minute episode. All right, I'll concede that one purely because I don't have a point. It just, I didn't notice it, so it sounds like it'd be noticeable to some people who watch the show and not noticeable to other viewers. 
Um, I would say if it came after an especially heated mo- uh, moment, you might need a second to be like to gather yourself because there's a couple intense scenes. A lot of like, okay, did that just really happen? And that might be like a pause, but I don't know enough about it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna concede that one. All right, uh, Alex's family was only shown to prove how bad of a person Alex was. There's yep. one scene where Alex and her daughter have a nice moment, and then everything after that is just Alex being a bad mom and a bad partner to prove that she is a bad person. And but that I, frustrated me. I didn't frustrate me because I think it made you realize Alex is about Alex. If you're not Alex, you're not important. So her interactions with those people, cause I think we saw a pretty, we saw almost every interaction she had with those people and they just all happened to be bad. So every time those people got introduced, something bad was happening to them because they weren't important to the story. They were important to Alex and Alex was just not nice to them. She's a very selfish human being. And I think that highlights who she is. And it's a common theme in this show, especially in the first season and also in the second season. Is she's in it for herself. She pretends like she's not. She memorizes enough about each individual person to make you convinced that she does care a little bit. But when her own family's involved, she's like, yeah, sorry, I can't do it. I got the show. Oh, that's that's really not important. I paid for this house. So you're going to revolve your schedule around me. So I think it just highlights her selfishness. I think they did that on purpose. All right. I'm not going to name who it was. But my favorite character dies. And you know who it is because it's the only character that dies in the first season. Oh, my favorite character is Corey, dude. And it's not even close. I would say, so yeah, Corey is played by Billy Crudup, who I would say carries the season. He Just in general. I don't know if he carries the season. I'm telling you right now, if he wasn't on the show, I would love it less. Yeah, It would not be top three. He is such a good actor and his character... His character is also like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. I've never seen that kind of character in anything else. I would encourage people to watch the show purely to see who I'm talking about. Corey is an amazing character. Um, but the person you cared about died. Am I supposed to defend that? I like it when people we care about die. I like it when the main character doesn't die, right? Because you need plot armor. Do you, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, there's only one character okay. that dies in the okay, first Okay, I was season. just double checking. Um, it's... It's kind of important, Greg. Um, so when that individual dies, it moves the plot forward. And some might say they only died to move the plot forward. But I'm saying um, it needed to happen. It didn't feel like, hey, like, because there'll be shows where it'll be like three seasons and no one's died. And like, we need to kill somebody to make people feel something. This person needed to die. And I think they wrote this season being like, at the end, this person needs to be so impacted by what's happening that something happens to them and I was on board with it and it sucked that they're gone. And I think that's another reason why you like them so much is, um, and it's so impactful is because we cared about them. They didn't kill off a nobody. And so the final thing that I'm going to say is I felt like the end of the season just didn't have any emotional closure. Like, uh, they just like, it didn't even feel like there was a cliffhanger. It just felt like they stopped and it was the end of the season. So yeah. I think I- they stopped the season not knowing if they were going to get renewed or not. So it was for me, I felt like, well, I don't know. I felt like I didn't need a second season, but it was the season was so good. I wanted more, but I don't think there was anything particular about the. I don't like shows ending on cliffhangers. I don't like for me. This feels like season three of you. We're like, it could end. There's no cliffhanger. 
but I loved this season so much, I would like to see more. Yeah, but there's also no, like I said, there's no emotional closure. Like, the story that was being told did not get wrapped up. Like, we were still in the third act of that story. Oh, I felt like the closure was, and now something's getting done about it. But you don't get to see what the results were. It'd, it'd be like a movie ending, and then those, of like a true story. And there's no final credits of like, and here's what happened. This person went to college and this person died of uh, living in their fam- with their family in Iowa. Like there was no credits. Okay. But so, it ended, but we didn't get to know what happened next. That's what season two is for. So here's th- what I will have for you is the second season of The Morning Show, episode by episode, has, I will say, considerably lower ratings than the episodes of season one. Yeah, so that's true. I am not I am not invested in this show enough to watch another 10 hours of what I have already watched. So do you have like a 60 or 30 second pitch to convince me to carry on? No. Um, All right. Because I liked it because I liked I liked the morning show. I will tell you it's harder because COVID's involved. And by the time this show came out, everyone's been over it, bro. We don't want any more content involved involved with COVID. So like you get to see them start with be like, what's coronavirus? No one's taking this seriously. And you get to see it become a big deal. And I'm like, this is not really what I want. It's got more Corey, which I'm about. Um, But it's just a show I'm invested in. I'm saying if, if you didn't like season one, there's really no reason for you to watch season two. If you liked season one, then watch season two. Um, all right. That's pretty much all there is. Well, that was Stand Your Ground, Alex. I think you did a pretty good job standing your ground on, uh, yeah, on the morning show. You didn't change my mind. I'm freaking a ride or die. All right, Alex, what's our one hit? Our one hit wonder, brand new, as it is every week. It's called Blind in Every Way. And a lot of people have came up with a thought experiment, like how would you discover the color red to a person who's never experienced it? And that'd be hard to do. So, Craig, I have assembled seven things that you need to explain to a person who is never experiencing these things. Okay. So explain what constipation feels like to a person who's never felt it and can't feel. Can't feel. Okay. Um, hmm. I would say it's kind of like if you were to put a cork in a funnel and then put liquid in that funnel and then tried to get the cork out. And no matter how hard you fought to get the cork out, it was not going anywhere. Okay. It's interesting. Hard to kind. It's hard to wrap around pain when they can't feel pain yeah but there's like there's an uncomfortable and 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 that's kind of like the the actively fighting to get the cork out but not being able to get the cork out i feel like that's that's the metaphor there okay what does pickle juice taste like to a person who can't taste you know that feeling (laughs) when somebody slaps you and you're kind of just reeling for a second that's pickle juice like you're not in pain it's just kind of like adrenaline, and you know you're feeling something. That's pickle juice. I like that a lot. Explains why I like it. <laughs> um, explain what stubbing a toe feels like to a person you can't feel. It's like a it's like a body jump scare. So, like, assuming this person still is like emotional feeling, imagine yeah. getting jump scared on your toe. <laughs> nice. Um, explain what getting a haircut sounds like to a deaf person. It's that's difficult because I would only use other auditory clues to right. describe it. Um, 
Because it sounds like it, it depends on where you're getting it cut, right? Because if you, what I'm gonna say is, if you go to a stylist, if you go to a salon, it sounds like a lot and nothing at all because you have <laughs> because you have like kind of like the soft rhythmic uh, flow of the scissors coupled with the constant background noise of the stylists talking to their other clients. So you kind of have two things to focus on. You can focus on the soft rhythm or you can focus on the constant background noise. Okay. Is how I'm going to put that. Um, Explain what your legs falling asleep feels like to a person who's never felt it before. Let me know if this fits inside your realm of. And you're not allowed to say pins and needles. Yeah. So have you ever been so hungry that when you drink water, you can feel it go down your stomach? Like that feeling as it's traveling to your stomach, it's that in your arm for like 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. If it was like really cold. Yeah. Um, Explain what lice looks like to a person you can't see. Um, mm, man, what a like, great what does? Or you could say like, what does looking for lice look like when you can't see? Okay. Looking and how for, would you have know you found it? Looking for lice is like looking for your phone in your bed when it gets all tangled up in your covers. Like it gets wrapped around in your covers and like, you know, your phone is in there. You're just going to have to like tear apart your covers to find <laughs> it, except on an almost microscopic level. Okay. And then the final one is an emotional feeling you'll have to describe to a person who's never felt this emotion before. Explain what clogging a toilet and then having the water rise feels like at someone else's house. It's like it's the lot. It's the same logical pairing of I just caused a fatal car accident and it's my fault because you know that you're the one that's going to get in trouble for it. You know that the people involved are never going to let you live it down. And you know that there's going to be one big mess to clean up afterwards. Uh, That works for me. That's uh, blind in every way. If you liked it, bummer. If you hated it, well, it's never coming back. I think I I nailed it. It was pretty good, dude. Seven for seven. I'm impressed. I threw you some curveballs. I'm like, I have no idea how he's going to describe a haircut. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, Free balling. Here's what I have to say. I have two things. Mm -hmm. One, uh, Gerard Carmichael has a new comedy special on HBO Max. I've only heard good things and I haven't seen it. Okay. Let me be the first then to say I didn't care for it. Oh, that means I'm going to love it. So here's the style of it. It's, It's a lounge room comedy special. So he's like sitting on the top of a chair and he's like, the audience is like three feet away from him and... When they shout, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. So it's he's interacting with the crowd very often. And the reason why I didn't personally care for it is it's not really a stand-up special. He's talking about his life and he's talking about life experiences and introspection and sometimes throwing a punchline in there. So it would be he's not doing bits. He's telling a story and then every three or four minutes he throws in a joke. And so, man, I, that's not good. Yeah. So that's personally not my kind of stand-up special. It, it just felt like a solo podcast where every now and then he would say something humorous. 
Well, that's a bummer because almost all my favorite comedians say this is fire. I think you should definitely still give it a chance. Um, he talks about two subjects over the course of the special. Oh, the, the entire was it an hour? Usually? Yeah. Okay. And so when he pivots to the second subject, if you don't like it, just bail because it's the same thing for another thirty minutes, just about a different topic. Okay. Yikes, dude. And the second thing that I have to talk about is I saw Sonic 2 today. Uh, and let me tell you, my, say what you will about your the concept of like an inner child. But this movie felt like it was made for me. Oh, boy. This is your Spy Kids too. It is. Uh, I watched the first Sonic, cautiously optimistic. I liked it. There, I had some problems with it, but overall, I walked away having a good experience. Sonic 2, I'm going to say, was better, just in general. Now, if you don't like the first Sonic, you're probably not going to like this one, because it's pretty similar all in all. It was cheesy, there were genuinely funny moments, and the fight scenes with Knuckles were just genuinely cool. <sighs> I'm going to have to watch it then. Idris I'm Elba down. plays a genuinely cool Knuckles Tails is cute and funny and like the perfect sidekick. And if you're down to clown with Sonic and his pals, then Sonic 2 is kind of exact. It's it's the best that I think that we're going to get out of a Sonic movie until Sonic 3. You know, I'll, I, Sonic 3, I think, can only do better. I can't imagine Sonic 3 is going to flop. So I'm just like, I I walked away from that movie very, very pleased, very satisfied, like... It is it is a family movie, you know, but all things considered, I enjoyed watching it very much so. Fire, dude. Two good wrecks. Well, I would say insights. Two very good insights. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to take that to heart. Do you have anything? No. I would talk more about the blacklist, but I'm just a disgruntled viewer <laughs> at this point. Okay. Yeah, Nothing you'll have the to, audience hasn't heard before. You'll have to loop us back in when you're done done. Oh, I will. Trust me. All right. Well, next week we are watching Southpaw, a boxing movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and our girl Rachel McAdams. Oh, I am so excited. I also want to say real quick that I have been doing a lot more streaming over on twitch.tv slash permanent handle. I, I, you know, so you should just follow because I don't really have a schedule. So if you just follow and, you know, you'll get a notification when I go live. And if you aren't able to catch a live stream, I also do upload all the recordings of the live streams on to my YouTube channel. All those links are in my Twitter bio, but, you know, twitch.tv slash permanent handle. It's kind of, I'm kind of consistent on the branding anyway. But until next week, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.